You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of The Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? After nearly two decades of the name Mavericks being translated into Chinese as Little Cows, the Dallas Mavericks have selected a new Chinese team name with much help from the Chinese basketball fans announced tonight... The official Chinese name of the Mavericks have been changed to Yujingja, which translates roughly into English to the Lone Ranger Heroes. Congratulations, everyone involved. The Mavericks are now known as the Lone Ranger Heroes in China. <laughs> I'm sure that's like a really cool name in, in uh, Mandarin or Chinese, but uh, the Lone Ranger Heroes, I don't know about that. The finals, the final three names that were in contention was yep. the Lone Ranger Heroes, the Fierce Colts, or the Wild Horses. I see. I wanted them to go with Wild Horses, but <laughs> I don't know. That that might just be like a uh, what was that movie about the Wild Horse? Really, Black Beauty. The movie about the Wild Horse. What do you mean, War Horse? That was another horse movie. What's another horse movie? I feel like Secretariat. Nah, that wasn't a wild horse. I feel like it's some like Nicholas Sparks movie. Spirit, I think, was the horse, the wild horse movie. <laughs> it was like a yellow horse that had like really distinguished eyebrows. So anyway, that's your uh, that's your Mavericks news uh, for today. That's that all. The, that's all the news we got. All right, guys, thank you so much. <laughs> You've listened to Locked On Maps. <laughs> Go to see Geek. <laughs> Go see Geek. Uh, we're going to talk about my bookie later. You can go to that too. Use draft. Anyway, um, yeah, the Dallas Mavericks actually played a basketball game tonight that Isaac and I watched for the most part. Uh, as we were Probably w- the best game of the season, maybe. Yeah. Uh, one of my colleagues from Mavs Moneyball got into the elevator and said uh, that was the most watchable game the Mavericks have played all season. Would you agree with him or not? Um, I mean, what, most watchable? Yep. I guess so. Lots I mean, of that, lots of scoring, good moments, really good at the end. You had some tussles, you had some elbows, you had just you had all the makings of a of a good NBA game. Like, here's my thing with Jordan Bell. You're falling asleep. You're falling asleep. This game was so good. <laughs> I like Jordan Bell. <laughs> I like him as a player, but it's like, all right, cool, bro. You got drafted to the Warriors. And now you feel entitled because you're on the best team. Can, did he really get drafted by the Warriors? He got bought by the Warriors. <laughs> Same thing. But I'm just like, all right, cool, dude. Like, would you have this? Um, would he act the same if he was on Chicago? That's heck no, heck so, no. Not like, this, mu- like not Draymond. this much. He would do. I mean, like Bobby Portis kind of does some of that stuff, and he plays for the the Bulls. But no. Bobby Portis punched his own teammate, so. Uh, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Draymond, but I don't know if I could take two Draymonds on the same team. 
That's kind of where it's heading, isn't it? I know. Except he just can't shoot. And Draymond can. Um, but Devin, man, Devin gave him a good lick. Yeah. Devin in, what was it, the third quarter? Yeah. Had a, a really nice, what was it, a right hook with his elbow? Right bow hook. <laughs> as he was as he was sort of, Devin was sort of running through a screen, and uh, and Jordan Bell was sort of did a moving screen at him on his on Devin's right side, and uh, Devin was just kind of ran through it, but then bounced off somebody else, and then elbowed Jordan Bell basically, and uh, the refs looked at this for a, a long, like way too long. We we all saw it. I mean, pretty much right away, and then the refs just looked at it and looked at it, and this is this is the problem with replay that the NFL is having right now. That is actually ruining sports. It's this. You get this all this momentum in a game. You get all this momentum, and it's not as much in the NBA because the the scoring isn't as scrutinized because it's pretty obvious when a ball goes through a basket unless you're Manu Ginobili and you accidentally throw it through. But the, you all this momentum is happening. You have you know this big you know I guess dramatic sort of moment, and all of a sudden they're just looking at the you know the refs are just looking at a screen for two minutes, and two minutes seems like a really long time in an NBA game when nothing's happening. And they watch this play over and over and over again. We see in the arena, and I'm sure on the broadcast as well, you saw the different angles that the refs were looking at. You saw how they were looking at, you know, above, below, you know, like all the different sides and all the different angles at different speeds. And you're just like, you guys totally missed this elbow, basically. Like, you just saw the aftermath of what when Jordan Bell retaliated and everybody went, you know, all over the place. But you went back. You had to go all the way back, find this one specific angle, and slow it down so that you could see Devin's elbow. And, and an elbow or any kind of altercation looks way worse in slow motion than it does, you know, in real time. And so they go back and they slow it down. And they end up giving him a technical. I thought when they slowed it down, they were gonna they were gonna inject him. You said that a couple times to me. You're like, there he they might get kicked out of the game for this. I'm glad he did not. But it just ugh, I cannot stand the over replayification. And uh, I think Jeff Van Gundy has said this enough, so I'm gonna stop right there with it. Yeah, well, it's just kind of like I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because we can review something like that for a long time but yet like Giannis stepping out of bounds in OKC and like a super crucial possession you right can't. right that Devin was... that Devin elbow was ultimately inconsequential yeah except for the fact that, the, <laughs> that they won by three points and uh they could have really used one of those extra points back that they got from the technical free throw and the Clay Thompson travel at the end oh my gosh like yeah travel double dribble like one a combination of the two it was, it was just it's stuff like that that you're you get frustrated as a fan that you just say well why can't you look at stuff like that when you know that should have been maverick's ball when instead that you know the warriors get a possession out of it yeah uh, a lot of really good signs in this game i mean we're continuing to see the trend and oh by the way the, the mavericks did lose this game to the golden state warriors 122 to 125 I called the score yesterday that it was going to be Warriors were going to win 120 to 110. So I was, I was close. pretty close, pretty dang close on this. I was 12 points off for the Mavericks and uh, five points off for the the Warriors. But really, really good signs. The biggest number, as I'm just looking at the box score right now, that I didn't even realize. I mean, 51 bench points for the Mavericks as opposed to 18 bench points for the Warriors. Dang. That is that is a big disparity right there. And you know, 
Why? The player. How many looks did I shoot you tonight? I feel like every time this player does something good, I shoot you a look, and it's Dwight Powell. Every time he gets a three or a, an offensive rebound or just a regular rebound, I just look at – I give Isaac this one look, and he knows every single time. But I know Dwight it's Powell, the Dwight Powell look. <laughs> the Dwight Powell look. Dwight Powell had 21 points, five offensive rebounds, eight total rebounds. He had two assists. I think he also had a block and a steal or just a, just a steal. But just, you know, pretty good game for him. He was just kind of cleaning up everything and, you know, just being available and doing what he did and – yeah, he had uh, almost half of their bench points. Yeah, I mean, he had a big big game. I mean, he hit both threes that he shot, and I know he had a corner three there. Five um, for five from the free throw line, too. Yeah, because, you know, if you shoot a lot of free throws, you, you know, you're like the MVP of the team. It means you're like the best player ever. But The, the free throw draft for Harrison Barnes is done. We finally stop. got some free throws from Harrison stop Barnes. It. You know what would be crazy is if Harrison Barnes didn't hit those two clutch shots – and instead got fouled and then hit four free throws, people would have been like, oh, my gosh, man, see? That's what happens when you go in. That's what you got to do. Stop. It's like it's almost worse that he hit the shot. But anyway. um, Not worse. It was great that he hit those shots, and those were were good shots. To me, those were not forced shots that he took. But we've already already talked about that. We're not going down this route, Nick. Nope, we're not. Dwight Powell, eight rebounds to um, just – I mean, a good game for him. He had 20, 28 minutes, so, um, yeah, caught a couple odds from J.J., but Yogi had a decent, you know, he had three threes tonight. You know, that the last play of the game, you know, with Seth, with Steph, and, you know, they they singled Gosh. out Dirk, basically, and it's just Dallas had that choice. You know, so they come down. I'm probably jacking up your whole plan for this podcast right no, now. No, go but, ahead. You're good. You know, they come down, you know, Dallas down by two. And after the crazy clay up over his head, left-handed, <laughs> stupid shot. Clay, clay dribbles past half court, then all of a sudden just randomly, like, sort of stops. But in his stopping of dribbling, he took the ball and it kind of went over his head and then he grabbed it with both of his hands. So now he has both of his hands. Basically, he picked up his dribble. And then just out of nowhere without any reason or he didn't even need to do this no. he dribbled one time with his left hand the entire crowd goes crazy and then he passes it off so it, i mean ultimately it was inconsequential but the mavericks should have gotten that back for a double dribble or travel or, or one of the two for at sure. that point so and, like, yeah that's what isaac's talking about it was just this weird play so dallas you know dallas down by two and they do their thing and you know barnes Barnes goes in the lane, does a spin move, and has a really tough basket. This is the second clutch basket that he had. So ties the game. And, you know, Golden State has the ball with, you know, what, 13 seconds left, something like that. Yeah. And they come down to court. You know, so before they came out of the timeout, when Dallas done by two, they came out of a timeout, and they, or, and they put Dirk in. And they put Dirk in because Dallas had to tie the game. And they needed Dirk shooting, but you you also take the chance of you don't have any more timeouts, so you can't take Dirk back off the floor because he's he's a defensive liability, especially against the Warriors. So they put Dirk on the floor. He's on the floor for the Harrison. You know they spread out. Harrison goes through the lane, spin moves. You know ties up the game. Then it's the very last possession. And the Mavericks didn't have any more timeouts. They had yeah. used their last one at that. So. Point. As a smart move that you you know you would do as a player and as a coach, you know you single out who Dirk's guarding. 
And that's exactly what happened. Steph brought the, you know, the ball down the court and they set a super high pick. You know, Yogi was guarding Steph. It was like a mid court almost. Do you want to argue that, you know, Dennis started the game guarding Steph? Um, you know, Steph had 32, but I, I still think Steph's going to score on anybody pretty much, but I still think Dennis played him, you know, pretty well at the beginning. Um, but anyway, they put, they chose to have Yogi on Steph. They brought Dirk's man, which was Draymond, up to the very top, almost near half court, set the super high pick, and you know Dirk was Dirk just couldn't get to Steph, and Steph got the got the three. You can see the picture. You know Steph drains his three at the top of the key with three seconds left, and you know this the still frame picture is Dirk, you know lunging uh, from a long ways off to try to you know at least contest it, but you know that's. That's the give and take with Dirk, and you you love him on the court, but um, they singled it out, and it was a smart move by them. And Steph capitalized, and they pulled it away. And it it was, would you would what? would you have played that any different with Dirk? Would you yeah. have kept him out because over this last couple of games, and I, I tweeted this out yesterday that the minutes distribution in, in crunch time has been a little different. That Dirk has been playing less in crunch time. Over these these last four games, the the win streak before before tonight's game. Uh, no, I, w- I would and, put him in. I mean, I, you have to you have to score in that situation to even have a shot at the end. So right. your best chance to score and even I mean to take the lead with a three is with Dirk on the floor. So you got in that situation. You got to worry that, about was that spacing enough to justify him being on the floor potentially for. Uh, you know, a defensive play because you know oh, yeah. you're just giving the ball. You you know you're just giving the ball to Harrison Barnes and letting him go to work. I mean, is is that extra? I mean, maybe he gives him a little little extra space to do that. Is that worth it? To me, I, I don't know. That that's a tough one. Well, see, like, and that you can't you can't predict what the defense is going to do. Let's say they they pull Dirk's man to double team Harrison, and Harrison has to kick. Then Dirk's hitting your game. Well, Dwight was three two for two for from three. Part. Don't you tr- you don't trust Dwight Powell from three? Nick, don't you ever say on this pod again that you would think about having Dwight Powell shooting a three over Dirk at the end of the game. We're going to fight, and we'll shave your head off and tattoo a LeVar face on it. <laughs> on that note, uh, let's talk about uh, – let's move on from, from that and talk about my bookie. Uh, guys, if there is a, if there is a uh, more stressful time than the holidays, it is after the holidays. When you come back to the wreckage – of everything you left behind, sure. uh, the Mavericks have sort of Mavericks sort of did this when they they came back to their record after you know a short break and then they just they took it by storm. You guys can take it by storm too, and uh, you can do this by uh, by going to my bookie, man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super super fast payouts when you win. Uh, it's just important. Like what you bet is, is you know fine. If you want to bet on this college football, you know national championship. If you want to bet on some NBA, which I don't necessarily recommend. If you want to bet on some of these, you know NFL, you know <laughs> playoffs, like the wild card, you can do that. But it's you have to bet in the right place. There are so many different places to do that, and MyBookie is a really really good place to do it. You got to go to mybookie.ag. Uh, it's the only site that we would definitely recommend. So join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to. 50% bonus. Use the promo code locked on to activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You win, 
You play, you get paid. That's what's up. Hmm. You play to win the game, and you play to uh, to win on mybookie.ag. Use the promo code locked on. All right. Now that you have just Wait, completely we play to derailed. win games, or do we play to lose games? I didn't know what fans are really wanting or not. You answer that question. What do you What do you want to? Uh... So let's go. Let's go there. Was this a moral okay. victory for the Mavericks? I mean, they're gonna say it's not. You asked Dennis that tonight. He said no. Um, I think Wesley Matthews said the uh, same thing. Yeah, ironically, Tim McMahon asked the same question of Wesley Matthews, but I didn't hear him say that. But. Huh. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean that. I mean, I think I think it is. I mean, if you won four straight and you know this is your this is your fifth game of almost winning a fifth in a row, and you take the defending champs to you know to the buzzer basically, and they had everybody. Then I mean, I I, th- I think it's a moral victory just how everyone played, but we'll see. They're not going to admit it. They're not going to admit it. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. looked at me and he said, uh, no, there's no such thing as moral victories. There's not. Uh, but I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a moral victory, but I would call it an encouragement. You know, like it's not necessarily like you feel like you won inside, but it's a, it's a place where you can you can say, well, we went toe-to-toe with the best team in the league at full strength. I mean, who were they missing on this team? Uh, yeah. I guess Iguodala didn't play tonight. Um, but other than that, they had, you know, Steph was back and scored 32 uh, you had, oh, I guess Omar Caspi was also out too. But they had, you know, KD was was going off. They had Clay that was hitting, you know, crazy crazy shot at the end. Went off in the fourth quarter. You know, you, you, this team was at full strength. You went toe to toe with them and scored basically scored shot for shot with them and, uh, all the way up until the end. And uh, I think that is an encouragement for this team, especially since they've been playing so well. To say, all right, we can play with anybody, and so to give them like a confidence boost. Not saying that they feel like they they won by losing, <laughs> you know, or it's like, oh, because we got so close, we, we feel like we actually won. But it's like a kick in the butt, sort of. It's it's not the coaching where you're you're good cop. It's more like a bad cop coaching, if that makes any sense. No, I mean, it does make sense. And, I mean, you look at they won four straight, and, <clears throat> you know, my dad called. I've said before, I'd call my dad after every game, basically on my way home from a home game, and, first thing he tells me is man um i just looked at the box score for for the mavs game tonight they almost beat him and i was like <laughs> man i know like it was crazy he was like he get, he asked me a couple of things and then he goes dwight powell had 21 points what'd he do <laughs> and, I, and i started laughing um but anyway no it's just that it's just like you're looking at it saying you know they they've been riding this wave of four games in a row and you know, it, it's kind of, I think I said yesterday on the pod, like it, you're almost kind of like a win-win, not really a win-win, but you go into this game thinking like, okay, you're playing, playing the champs, you know, the chances are you're probably going to lose, but so you go in there and just give it everything you got and you come away with this. I mean, three point loss. So then you look at the, I want to look at the next five games. So next games against the bulls on Friday. Very winnable. Okay. Win- we would agree. Winnable, but the Bulls have been playing really, really well. Stop. The They so have. The Bulls. They, they, the Bulls have played really, really well. 
Yeah, they have. Miritich and Chris, Chris Dunn's been playing well, too. But So we got the Bulls on Friday. We got the Knicks on Sunday for Derek Harper's game. Then we got the Magic, the Hornets, and the Lakers. Those like, three are, are extremely winnable games. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in the Knicks and stuff, too. Like these... I mean, when you look at the teams as far as, like, beat the Raptors, you know, I know the Pacers didn't have Oladipo, but just beat the Thunder, almost beat the Warriors. Then you look at these next five games. I mean, like, what, what if they win, you know, four? What if they win all five of them? You know, like, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's winning nine, you know, nine out of the ten games. Like, that's crazy. And, I mean, will they do it? You don't know, but... Still, I mean, if they're riding this confidence, this Warriors game is not a deflating. This, I guess this will pretty much sum it up. They've won four games in a row. This loss, I don't think, is a deflating loss. If this was, if this, if the Hawks loss came at this point, I think that would deflate your momentum. And you would be like, man, yeah. like, this sucks. Like, we've won four in a row, but then this happens. No, I think this is like, crap, this loss sucked, but we took the defending champs to three points, and now we're going to move right on, right along. And that's why I expect a, I expect a big game on Friday. I mean, I, th- I think they'll beat the Bulls by 15-plus. Yeah, yeah. You, you, want, you think about the psychology of a team, and you say, well, you can tell that this loss hurt. You can tell that they, you know, they, they took it hard because they were so close. They, they got so close to beating this team. And so you ho- you would hope that the team would rally back and that they would want to really go at it, you know, the the next week and try to sort of avenge the loss of of you know of of Wednesday night. But you don't know. I don't I don't know what this team's going to feel. Maybe this maybe this t- you know this loss took a lot out of them, and then they come out Friday and they come out really flat. I mean, you just don't really know. Uh, in seeing some of the guys tonight, uh, they're just kind of quiet in there, not super, you know talkative or anything or want to talk to us which is not a surprise but um yeah i you you hope it's 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 the one where they come out and they really want to you know avenge the loss instead of you know feeling defeated and uh, just coming out flat but i think it's either going to be one of the two yeah i agree and it's like you almost ask yourself like what when are they the most upset when would you be the most upset as a player like after a game like getting blown out or taking a tough team right to the end, and you know you could have won, but you didn't. Yeah, and and that's what I, that's one of the questions I asked Dennis tonight was, you know, how does this loss compare to others? You know, this is a, a you know, this would be considered to a lot of people a good loss. You know, not, not I'm not talking about the team tank people. I'm talking about you know you got we went toe to toe with the defending champions, and you know went right to the wire and you know barely lost to them. That would feel like a good loss to a lot of people, but then you also have like you know games against the the Hawks where you lose to the worst team in the NBA. And I asked Dennis, "How does this feel, you know, compared to some of these other losses?" And he said, "It really hurt." And I don't know if some of these other losses feel like that as much. You know, I think this one really, you know, they they come out and they pump themselves up for this game. That's you know when people always say you know the Warriors are going to get every team's best every yeah. single night. People people are coming out co- coming at the Warriors, coming at the Warriors. Well, that's what the Mavericks did. They they ramped themselves up, and they really wanted to go after them. And then it's just deflating when you get so close to it, and, and then lose. And so now we get to just now we get to see how they rally. I guess that's kind of what I was saying earlier. We just get to see how they're going to respond to it. Yeah, and you know, get a day off uh, tomorrow. I know they're going to practice tomorrow, and then yeah, go into the 
going to the game on Friday and um, see uh, a lot of these people that like to compare Markinen to Dirk. Uh, he gets his first, I guess it's his first taste of Dirk tomorrow, right? We haven't played them yet. Yeah, we played them at AAC. Um, Chicago? In the, pre- in the preseason. Oh, yeah, Markinen didn't play. That's what it was. He didn't play. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember because me and Avery went to that game together. But um, yeah, yeah, so, so. good to see Markin in. Good to see him in, in, in action. Chris Dunn's been playing well. Um, yeah. Hopefully Dallas can bounce back. Be interesting to see. Uh, definitely how the, the team responds. And then to see Chicago team, that, it's pretty, pretty different. Like you were saying, Chris Dunn has been playing pretty well. He didn't necessarily tonight against the Raptors, but. Marketing in at 22 and 12 tonight against the uh, the Raptors, uh, and uh, Denzel Valentine's also been been pretty good. I was really low on him after you know, the first couple of years, and I'm realizing that you need to give some of these you know pretty young guys some some more give them some more patience. <laughs> you know, yeah. with some of these guys, especially if you're he's a little undersized for his position. It's gonna take a little more time to figure out some of the the tricks and stuff, but. For sure, when you look at that trade, you know, I tweeted this out the other day, but it's funny how we all crucified the Paul George and Jimmy Butler trades. And I'm not, I'm not, yeah. go, it's, it's a little bit more different for the Jimmy Butler trade, but it's just cool looking back now and saying, like, Chris Dunn's really, like, turned it around this past, yeah. like, three or four weeks. Markinen's playing probably a lot better than we all thought he would, as far as, like, right off the bat. We thought it would take him a little bit longer. And, yeah, Slam Magazine had this whole thing about who's who's your front runner for rookie of the year. They put six rookies on this graphic that they posted on Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff. And it was uh Simmons, Kuzma, Tatum, Mitchell, Lonzo, and then Markinen. Why is Lonzo on that list? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I think Dennis should have been over Markinen and and Lonzo. But the fact that they put Markinen on there to me is like, wow, like he's actually, you know, playing well enough for someone that follows that covers basketball to consider, you know, potential rookie of the year, which is crazy, but yeah. And like, I mean, but, but like marketing's leading their whole team in points and rebounds. And like, yeah. that's, that's something that I didn't know until it's funny. You said it. Cause, uh, Cole Rast, our co-editor at smoking Cuban, he's doing like his own like rookie rankings and he sent us you know, his list today. And I was like, I think I'd put John Collins over marketing. And he was like, I don't know, like, look at some of the marketing stuff. And I was like, okay. And, yeah. you know, look it up. And I'm like, okay, well, dang. Like, he's actually, you know, he's averaging, right, he's averaging 14 and 7. And, I mean, it's just, he leads the team in both categories with that. So, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fun. That's kind of sad. The whole, he leads the whole team in scoring with 14 points, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's Dang. Chicago. We're getting to the point of the season, and I'll end with this: is we're getting to the point in the season where you had certain narratives that don't necessarily hold up anymore because you have bigger sample sizes. You know, like you think about yeah. some of the, you know, you have to really be be watching these games and looking at, you know, seeing how these guys play day to day. Because, like you said, you were thinking John Collins would be up there, but he came out of the gate swinging, you know, and I haven't really heard a ton from him since. Don't know if he's, you know, playing as well as he was at the beginning, but. You think like that some of that play doesn't necessarily ride through the entire season, you know. For some guys like Mitchell, it is. But yeah, and that's know, the thing with like Collins. I forget, you know, like I forgot that he had missed some games, and you know yeah. I mean, he missed like two or three weeks, and 
Uh, I said Markin was the leading scorer. It's actually Meritage, you know, but Meritage. Oh, but he hasn't he hasn't played a ton of games. So. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's also a game that Dirk. This is a matchup Dirk can actually play well in because he gets the matchup with Robin Lopez. So, um, just a slower guy that he can at least keep up with. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't play Robin Lopez that much. Yeah, I, remember, I feel like in preseason they had it, like Lopez was like posting up Dirk and stuff, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that was when th- this team had no idea what they were <laughs> in preseason no. though, and I think now they're kind of rounded in a form. But yeah, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I remember that preseason game. There was like all these Robin Lopez, you know, post touches, and I was like, "What are we? What are we doing, Fred Hoiberg? Look, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna is, is Robin Lopez gonna be your go to guy? I guess he's probably the best player on the team at that point. That's what I thought, but." Remember when we asked? Remember, I think we had talked about on pod who would be the last person introduced in their starting yeah. lineup for the yeah. Bulls. <laughs> now, who do you think it is? Is it Dunn or is it Markkinen? Probably, I guess Mark. Well, Miritich now. <laughs> no, because they're not even starting Miritich. He didn't start oh, yeah. tonight. Probably, probably Markkinen. I guess. So, all right. Well, that's all we got tonight. Uh, tomorrow we are going to do our All Stars as of now. So. From now until tomorrow, tweet us who you think the starting, you know, the starter should be for the Western Conference or Eastern Conference or both. Uh, who do you think your your ten starters would be at this point? We're going to go through all of ours. We're even going to go through our benches as well. Uh, who the people we think that should be starting and playing in the All Star game? Do you want to do who we think should be or who do we think will be? Interesting. Uh, let's do who we think. Well, I think do, we sh- can just do both. Yeah, I think should and will are, are pretty much the same for me. Hmm. Because okay. if you you start going into voters and yeah, yeah, I get, let's do should. Let's do should instead because I don't want to do like the the Zaza, you know, like yeah. the first. Like, there's going to be one of those guys that shows up in the top ten or whatever that should has no business being there, but just because a bunch of fans from either one country or one region decided to vote for him. So let's do who should. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I think there's a good shot like Porzingis could start because Which, that's warranted. Like, I think that he probably should. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see, and we'll see where we'll see where Nick and I differ. Um, I'll just tell you one sh- right off the bat that I'd probably struggled with is who should start in the East, Oladipo or DeRozan. That I've gone back and forth on that. I literally I have like a note. On my uh, on my computer that I go back and forth, and today I switched it to DeRozan. <laughs> yeah, I've had DeRozan. I think I'm going to keep it. They've just been too good. Yeah, and Oladipo. I think he's missed a couple games. He didn't play against the Mavericks um, recently, so he's he's missed some time. And you just haven't heard a ton from it. It's like whoever has the biggest national story recently. Yeah. Like DeRozan has the 52. Okay, we're going to put DeRozan. On there. Yeah, <laughs> Oladipo has. What did he score 40 the other night? You're like, okay, we're going to put Oladipo on there now. So yeah. All right. Tweet me at Nick Van Exit. Tweet Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. Tweet us who you think your Eastern and or Western Conference all-star starter should be. Uh, let us know what you think. And, guys, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Forced forward.